Rob, what do you think of the new Mac Pro? The uh, the one that's still coming till next year. Uh, yes, and the yeah. one that we know nothing about other than the fact that it's modular. Yeah, this is, I I get why they had to do this to you know they pulled in John Gruber and um, Lance Ulanov from uh, Mashable, but you know I think it was like five people or something, and right, you know they basically said we messed up the Mac Pro, we can't upgrade it, so we're going to build a new one, but it's not coming till next year, um, which is. Again, I, I get why they had to do it because it's kind of been this like pent up demand for it from a certain subset of people. Um, but it, it's it's kind of strange to see Apple like pre-announcing a product a product this far in advance. Right, well, that's exactly right. And they also not only did they talk about the Mac Pro, but they said there's a Pro-like version of the iMac coming this year as well. And they talked about the uh, Mac Mini a little bit too. I mean, there's a lot in those conversations even beyond the Mac Pro itself. So uh, it's very un-Apple-like, but I think there was a lot of pent-up demand and and need to kind of air some of these issues because so many people had drawn the conclusion that Apple was abandoning the Pro market. And I, I think probably really what we're... They must have been seeing people starting to defect or they wouldn't have done something like this, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Because, I mean, you look at the Mac Pro... You know, it starts at like three thousand dollars or something, but for the most part, like you, you can, you know, you can get an equivalent Windows machine for significantly less than that. Or if you spend three thousand dollars, it's you know significantly more powerful. You know, aside from the switching costs, because like depending on who you are, that may or may not be a big thing switching from you know OS ten to to Windows. But yeah, I think they were seeing a lot of people switching. Yeah, it's it's also interesting to me that they got themselves in this thermal corner, as they call it, with the with the original MacBook. Because, I mean, Mac Pro, not MacBook. When I went to WWC in 2013 with Owen, I was there as the Guardian. I didn't get to go into the sessions, but I did get into the lobby and I saw the Mac Pro. Yeah, in they put it in a glass tube, just like they did the original iPhone, and it was really cool and small, and it was interesting. But boy, they designed something that basically was unupgradable from 2013 on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how quickly they realized this was a problem. I'm I'm assuming that, like, you know, I don't really keep up with what processors and GPUs come out, but I'm guessing, like, you know, maybe 12 months after they released this, they were like, oh, we actually can't really upgrade this. Um, I don't know why it's taken them four years to kind of say something or, you know, even release something new. Um, and they kind of said the new one is going to be modular and like that can go kind of two ways. It's either, is it, is it modular just so that Apple can upgrade it or is it modular in the same way a normal desktop computer would be where I can go and buy a new, you know, graphics card or hard drive or whatever. Um, I think, you know, we're not really going to know that until next year. Right. Or is it modular in the sense that it has a separate display to the box, right? I mean, it may just be that modular means the uh, the screen's not built in. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I don't know what I don't know what they're they're doing, you know, with, with either one. I mean, that you know, and they're talking about the iMac like later on in the year. Like, why isn't there updates out for this already? Um, I I really just don't know what they're doing at the yeah. moment. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, would you ever consider a Mac Pro? Uh. Probably not, just because I I only have one MacBook, and it's my personal MacBook, but I also use it for work. Um, 
if I was in the situation where I had my own MacBook and, and like at work I had a separate machine, then yeah, I, I guess I would consider it, although it would be way overkill for the kind of stuff I do. Yeah, I think that's the same with me. I mean I I don't really see ever getting one, but I, I'm glad. I guess I'm glad that they're that they they're com- recommitting to it. It's a shame that it's taken this long, but uh, hopefully next year we'll see something. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think this this modular thing will be interesting because they kind of said, you know, we're going to make it modular so that we can upgrade it every year or you know more regularly. And I was kind of thinking about this, and I'm like, if it's if it's modular for Apple to upgrade it, that means it's going to have to be modular for like the end user. At least in some ways. Like, if Apple can upgrade it, it probably means the end user will be able to upgrade it, you know, even if it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I think it depends in part how they design it. If they want to make it real small again, uh, you know, they might start doing things like soldering on SSDs and that kind of thing, which which wouldn't be user upgradable, but maybe it would be Apple upgradable if you took it into a store or something. Yeah, possibly. I guess that's, that's, guess that's one way to go, but I guess we won't really find out until... What do you think? Probably WWDC next year? Something like yeah, that? I guess we'll probably see an I announcement. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little while. Um, I, I liked some of the other tidbits, though, that leaked out about various things. I mean, the iMac is kind of interesting just because I think that a lot of people who, you know, I think there's a whole segment of what was the pro market that is satisfied with an iMac, that an iMac is good enough because it's good enough for things like running logic. Um, it may not be good enough for high end. 3D, uh, you know, visuals and that sort of thing, but it's good enough for a lot of tasks. So that that's good to hear that that's coming along. They also, I think Phil Schiller was the one who said they are committed to the Mac Mini, which I like the Mac Mini. I've used a couple of different Mac Minis over the years, and um, they're just a real nice computer to have around. And it, you know, people get wor- people are constantly worried that the Mac Mini is done and never going to be upgraded, mainly because. Apple just Apple updates that computer and they the, they're consistent in their neglect of it because it's one of those boxes that I'm sure doesn't sell super well but over time it's like game consoles right I mean they their margins have to go up pretty significantly on those uh, and so they're just eking out the whatever costs they had in developing it over a long period of time yeah definitely I th- I'm what I'm guessing is what's really happened here is like because of the resources they've had to put into the MacBook, uh, sorry, the Mac Pro, um, you know, trying to redesign this hardware or, you know, building a completely new machine. I think everything else has kind of just fallen by the wayside a little bit and everything's got quote unquote delayed. You know, it's not delayed until Apple actually announced it, but, you, you know, you kind of get my point. Um, you know, and I think maybe, you know, by the end of this year, we might see some more updates. You know, obviously the iMac, they've said. Maybe we'll get a Mac Mini update. Who knows? I think it'd be really cool if they took a Mac Mini and made it the size of an Apple TV. That could be kind of interesting, just in in terms of the space it takes up and the use cases. You know, you could you could almost you could like install it in your glove box of your car and and run a screen in your car. And there's all sorts of things that making computers small open up. Yeah, that would be really nice. Um, talking of Pro though, after this kind of mac pro announcement came out there's been a few rumors going around uh, from a couple of different places one of them was apple insider i think this was where it originated from um and there's been a couple of other publications that have like quote unquote confirmed it um but allegedly there's going to be a new high-end retina macbook pro without the touch bar 
Yeah, I've heard, I, I heard that, and that's that's interesting to me. I would not have been that interested in that a while ago, but I have to admit that I don't use my touch bar that much. I mean, uh, it's a little annoying once in a while. I will graze the Siri button every now and then when I'm going for delete, um, which is a pain because then you have to close Siri. And I use the brightness and volume controls and iTunes controls on it, but I don't use it a lot. And I think that's mainly because I'm a touch typist and I'm used to using keyboard shortcuts. So I don't really don't really want to look down at my hands in order to do various things in apps. Yeah, and that's kind of been the case. Uh, there's a couple of guys in the office have got the the Touch Bar Mac Pro, and, and they've kind of said the same thing. Like it's it seems like a good idea at first, but in reality, like if you're the kind of person that uses keyboard shortcuts all the time and stuff like that like it really it just isn't that useful um but it's interesting that apple you know possibly might be kind of listening to people and actually getting rid of it for at least one of their machines allegedly it's just going to be for the 15 inch yeah that is interesting because i've already got it on the 13 inch um i know i listening to atp that's what Marco Arman has finally settled on a non-touch bar (laughs) macbook pro he seems to go back and i i I'm not even sure how many times he went back and forth on. That. Yeah, this is what he settled on this month, uh. right? Uh, I mean, it's a good machine. I, I listening to him talk about it, I think a lot of the things that he likes about the 13 inch with no touch bar are as much the fact uh, driven by the fact that it's a 13 inch MacBook Pro, MacBook Pro as opposed to a 15 than it is that it has no touch bar because. I mean, I've ended up use. I do use my MacBook Pro, the new one, a lot more than I used my old MacBook Pro because the old one is a 15 inch and it's big and it's heavy. It's from 2015, uh, I think. It's that model. Yeah. And I like. It's great. The screen is awesome, and, but it, the thing is so heavy. And this is barely. I mean, this is not that much heavier than my iPad Pro, my big iPad Pro with the uh, with the keyboard cover on it. Yeah, definitely. It's it, it's hard to know what works for different people, but yeah, as you say, like a 15-inch, one of the older ones are really heavy, whereas these newer ones are a lot, lot kind of they're they're more slimlined than they than they ever used to be. Yeah, it's very much like a MacBook Air, but with but with a lot more power. Yeah, definitely. So, are you still holding out? Or are you gonna um, buy something? Uh, yeah. Now I've seen these rumors as well. Because uh, obviously there's the rumours about the, the KB Lake processors coming at some point. Um, and now I've seen these rumours. My Apple Care runs out on this MacBook Pro in September or October. Uh-huh. Um, so once it gets to that point, like I will make a decision once the Apple Care's run out. Yeah. Because um, you know, because I use it for work, I can't really afford to like risk it breaking and it costing me a fortune and having to you know send it back and and all of this kind of stuff right um you know it because i make my living from it i'm much happier to just buy a new one like every three years i've got the apple care on it um i'm gonna give this one to jess because she needs a new laptop because she's on a five-year-old macbook air at the moment Mm um so yeah I, i i'm gonna wait it out and and see what happens i'm hoping there will at least be some updates by kind of September October time, but who knows? Well, if the touch bar, non-touch bar, fifteen inch is really a thing, I could see that coming out before the end of the year. I'm not so sure we'll see any bumps in the laptops between now and then because I think we'll still see because they've still got to push out the iMac supposedly the, this new iMac this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if we also saw Mac Minis towards the end of the year. 
Yeah, definitely. As you say, I mean, if if they're going to do like a non-touch bar one, I, it doesn't seem like a lot of engineering effort um, on their part because it's mostly kind of you know replacing the keyboard section of it. Um, but yeah, I, if that is the case, that would be the one I buy because I, I really I, I don't have a lot of interest in the in the touch bar at all. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we will. Um, so, what did you? you well, you've been in Italy. Um, what what did you did you take your MacBook or iPad or just your phone? What I don't know how much work you were doing while you were over there. I did some work, but I was doing it mainly on the way there and on the way back. Um, I was trying to actually take a break and rest a little bit. So I ended up taking the iPad Pro 12.9 inch because uh, that way I had at least while I was traveling in the U.S. I had a cellular connection and I had a great battery life. Battery life. I didn't really want to take the MacBook. Because uh, it would, I mean, I could have tethered. What I did for data, what I did is I put AT&T here has this deal where you can, for $10 a day, which gets expensive after a while, but for $10 a day, you basically have access to your U.S. data when you're in Europe. Right. In a, a bunch of other countries. So I did that for me, and I did it for Owen, because Owen was in, is going to school in California, and he was traveling separately from the rest of us to Italy, and I wanted him to be able to get in contact with us easily if he had a problem. So I put it on his phone and my phone and then, you know, other devices that we had in our family, you know, phones and whatnot. We didn't bring that much, mostly just our iPhones. Those we just left with Wi-Fi, including my iPad, just Wi-Fi, because the hotels all had Wi-Fi and we were out and about all day long. And it was easy enough to catch up in the uh, in the evenings at the hotels. I did when we took the train from Rome to Florence um, I did use my phone to tether to my iPad while I did some caught up on some email and wrote some stuff, and it all so that all worked really well. Um, you know, it was pretty easy to do. I didn't have a lot of stuff with me. The iPad was perfectly fine for what I was doing, which was really just writing and email, um, and you know, like iMessage. Those were about all I did, and going into Slack maybe, uh, and so it was perfectly sufficient. And then in terms of terms of power, I saved a little space in my bag by getting some USB hubs. And that way, you know, you never have enough outlets in a hotel, no matter where you are. Yep. So I only had to have, I had a couple, you know, current, uh, current converters for the outlets so that they match the Italian ones. And then I plugged these, these USB hubs into, uh, into those. And then you could hang one of them had five outlets and the other one had six. So we didn't have to bring the little Apple bricks. We just had, you know, we just had lightning cables and you could plug those in and everybody could charge up everything all at once, which worked out pretty well. Yeah, that's a nice way to do it. We, um, I, did, I did a similar thing. I've got these like, you know, the little like USB plug, but it's got like three USB ports on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when, when I went to London and we were staying in a hotel, like, that was perfect because it gives us three USB ports. I mean, you know, for the most part, it's just our phones we need to charge and maybe right. the, you know, camera if we take that or something. Um, but yeah, as you yeah. say, hotels never really have enough outlets. Um, I don't think they've really caught up with the fact that people are charging everything when they're in a hotel room now. Right. I mean, the nice thing about international flights now, too, is that they have they tend to have USB outlets in the backs of the seats these days. Huh. And we had that we had that both directions. Uh, which was nice because it's only one, but you could plug in and charge your phone. I found though that it didn't have it didn't have enough juice to charge the iPad Pro. Sure, 
Yeah, I guess um, it's a pretty that's a pretty power hungry device though. Yeah, the other thing that I, I brought along was I got an enormous anchor battery pack, the biggest one they make. It's like twenty eight thousand something milliamps. Wow! It can char- it can charge the iPad Pro a couple of times, I think. <laughs> and, it, and it's got uh, th- and and it also has fast charging, so you can charge it up very very quickly. Um, and it has three USB outlets. So for instance, like when you're on an eight hour flight to Europe, at some point your phone's going to be kind of low on juice so that was mm. kind of nice because we'd be we were all sitting together and you could everybody could plug into the same battery pack at, at one time uh i also i guess the last little bit of it was which i think is a good trick when you're going to be out and about for long hours during the day is i just put my phone on low battery mode at the very beginning of the day and it it makes a huge huge difference in how long your iphone's battery lasts oh yeah low low power mode is or yeah it's, it's just amazing you know as you say especially when you're just walking around a city or something like that because you don't need all your notifications and background refresh going all the time and and no, stuff like know, that and it still prioritizes things like iMessages so those would come in anyway I mean emails were a little slower I think the iMessages seemed like they were still coming in real time and it helped a lot because I, I didn't bring a camera this time around I just used my iPhone 7 plus camera mm. it took some took some great pictures but you know using the camera a lot also is a big drain on your battery yeah definitely yeah but it worked out so that all worked out that was a pretty good plan it worked out pretty well wrote a, wrote about it in a little more detail on the uh, club backstories monthly newsletter right before that came out while I was gone I wrote it before I left though sure cool uh, I think that's probably about it for this week. I think so too. I mean, we gotta we gotta start playing some more video games and get back to uh, video games. But I haven't really tried anything recently. Have you? Uh, no, I tried out uh, the uh, Rocket League. Added a uh, the Dodge Charger from Fast oh, and Furious. I yeah, uh, I saw something about that. It's it's a nice looking car in the game. Um, it doesn't. It handles obviously all the all the cars kind of handle slightly differently. I'm not right. a massive fan of it, um, but you know it's fun. It's you know, a couple of dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they've added that, and it's kind of interesting that they're doing like, you know, a licensed car that's not you know a a fake car, I guess, because they've done the DeLorean and the Batmobile, right? Um, but you know, this is them working directly with a car manufacturer to uh, you know to get all the sounds right and the shape of the car and stuff. Um, so I'd be interested to see them maybe do that a bit more. In the future, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that works. Like, who, how they split the revenue from that? Yeah, I, I certainly don't, don't know the ins and outs of of how they're doing that. Um, you know, but it might be nice to see something like a you know bigger, like the Dodge Charger, like a big American muscle car, like maybe a Mustang or mm-hmm. you know some of the other cars like that. Um, yeah, well, we have know, uh... maybe something stupid like a you know an, an old Mini or something would be would be pretty cool to to play. <laughs> yeah, that would. Yeah, that would be fun. We uh we have Horizon Zero Dawn now, but I I have not even I have not even opened it. Oh, you have to. I mean, I know I you're know. very busy, but my kids are playing it, but I haven't I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, I've um I've taken a break from it. I I kind of got to I I'd played like thirty five hours of it. Um, oh wow! I, but I'm like I'm not, not even halfway through the story part of it. I've just been doing all the side quests. Yeah. So um, but I've taken a little break from it for a couple of weeks because uh, I'm off. Not this week coming, but the week after. Um, so I'm going to play it, probably play it then, you know, because it gives me some time to just sit down and play that for a good, like, eight, ten hours or something. Yeah, that sounds good. 
Cool. Okay, I think we'll right. uh, let's wrap it up for this week then. Sounds good. Cool. Talk to you later, Rob. Speak to you later. Bye.